as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson, also a Big Shiny Robot And we got two movies for you today We've got Ouija, The Origin of Evil And uh, Jack Reacher... Never Go Back, which is the sequel to the first one. Hey, these are both sequels to <laughs> movies that uh, we didn't know that we needed yeah. sequels for. But actually, what's funny is Ouija is a prequel to the first one. Oh, and, it's a prequel. Even well, and, better. Exactly, right? So here's the thing. The first Ouija, uh, was like, I think it was two years ago, was one of the most god-awful, horrible movies Known to man, it was. I think it's got a, like a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was just not good. And so when they announced Ouija Origin of Evil, which was the story that kind of set up where the ghost came from and everything from the first movie, uh, everyone on the internet who had to go, well, all of us critics at least who had to go see this movie, were like, "Crap! I do not want to." No, no. We 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 lived through the first one. Uh, we don't need to see a second one. But they got a competent director for this one. Yeah, and, and the first one made a ton of money. I think it made like I think it made back like twenty percent of its uh, twenty times its budget. It was it was a huge, huge success. So this one came back, well, and we've because it wasn't expensive to make. It's a it's a haunted Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, it's so. based on the uh, on the award winning board game. Uh, yeah, th- this was part of the whole like you know Monopoly, uh, Battleship, Ouija, Battleship. Yeah, it was, it was all the board games come to life. However, this movie is directed by Mike Flanagan, and he did Oculus, which was kind of creepy, and he also did uh, Hush, which I've heard is fantastic, so actually, I, I do kind of want to go see that. Mm-hmm. Um, this takes place back in 1967, and the cool thing about this movie is, not only is it a period piece, but it's filmed like a movie from the 60s so it's got kind of a sepia tone to it it's got warbly sound effects and uh, score and the fun thing is is even though all movies nowadays are digital this one has the little cigarette burns in the top right corner when they're going to change reels like they used to back in the day oh fun so you know that's when Tyler that's when Tyler Durden shows up in your movie exactly (laughs) so if you've seen Fight Club you know what we're talking about but it pops up in the right and goes boop and then 10 seconds later boop and it cuts right when you would have to change, you know, reels in it back when they actually had film for movies. So, if yeah. you're a film nerd, you're gonna have fun. It's interesting. It's it's kind of cool <clears throat> how they play with it. But uh, overall, this story takes place in again in the '60s. Uh, you have Alice Zander, plays by played by Elizabeth Reeser, and she's a single mom and she's raising two daughters. Her teenager <clears throat> Paulina, played by Annalise Beso, and her younger daughter Doris, played by Lulu Wilson, who is creepy as hell, by the way. Uh, she's taking care of them uh, the best she can and uh, she her mom was a psychic so she's pretending to be a psychic and the kids help out with the whole ooh we're shaking the table and we're doing special effects to make people think ghosts are here ooh well mom decides that she needs a Ouija board to uh, make the experience more realistic and like you do like you do and young little Doris all of a sudden discovers that she can talk to the spirits through the Ouija board and apparently is channeling the spirit of their dead father. 
And so, like you do with a Ouija board. <laughs> exactly. So mom and daughter are now using this as part of their thing to actually talk to people. Well, of course, the spirit she's talking to yeah, probably isn't her father. It just might be someone evil. Might have something to do with the Nazis. Uh, might have something to do with a creepy Nazi house. ghosts? Are no, you serious? It's, uh, I, I won't say much because if you want to see this movie, you want to find the secrets for yourself. But yeah, it's, it's not so much Nazi ghosts, but the victims of Nazi ghosts are <laughs> oh. are there. Uh, but yeah, older older sister Paulina goes to her Catholic school and enlists the help of Father Tom, who's played by Henry Thomas, who was Elliot in E.T. So I'm glad he's getting work uh, to come to the house and figure out what's going on and basically try to stop her sister and the spirit that's possessing her from harming the family and wackiness ensues. So here's the thing is, like I mentioned before, uh, Lulu Wilson playing Doris is fantastic. She's creepy as hell. Uh, she does the job perfectly. And yes, the last 20, 30 minutes of this movie are scary as all get out. Uh, it has lots of jump scares, but they're good jump scares. They're not the lazy ones, which we hate. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. The problem is, it takes an hour and a half almost to get there. I mean, this movie's only an hour and 40 minutes. It feels like two hours plus. It just, it, it drags on, takes forever to go there. And then when all the scary stuff is happening, it's almost like the, the screenwriter was like, oh, well, this is scary. Let's throw more at you. And then we'll forget about the plot because it completely goes off the rails. It makes no sense. Uh, random things show up that don't, yeah, it, it's just weird. And I don't expect horror movies to have clear follow-through or have rational plots, but you should at least abide by your own rules and make some kind of sense towards the end. Um, that said, though, the ending is fun because even though the last shot's kind of anticlimactic and you know where it's coming from, it doesn't have the ending that most horror movies do. It's kind of a bit of a downer. So I'll give it points for that. Overall, though, I'm at a 6 out of 10. Like I said on Big Chinese Robot, you know, this is like the candy corn of horror movies. Some people will love it, some people will hate it, and even those of us who are just kind of along for the ride, well, at least you're eating some candy. It's not too bad. So I am anti candy candy corn. Like get that. <laughs> if you put that in my bag, I am trading that. Candy is chocolate and and that is it. I don't that is the gold standard. Candy corn, like waxy and gross no absolutely not yeah so you you probably wouldn't like this movie then <laughs> you know i i am intrigued by nazi ghosts though so i i i mean i'm not such a huge like horror fan that i have to go out and see everything that's out there maybe this is interesting to me if i'm really looking for a scary movie but Eh, unless unless you're telling me it's really great, I'm probably not going to go in for it. So, well, see, I, I, I kind of think of this like the the last uh, Ninja Turtle movie was the first one was god awful. This next one uh, was decent, and so hopefully, maybe when the third one comes around, it'll be fantastic because every single <laughs> time they're they're improving what they've done. So, uh, but no, it, it's not a horrible movie. Uh, I, you know, I, again, it's a bit boring at times. But considering the Halloween's next week and we have no horror movies aside from this and Medea, go see this. If, if you can count Medea as, a, as an actual horror movie, I don't know. 
Uh, I don't know. That that might scare a lot of people. It might scare Donald Trump. So there you go. He grabbed well, her by the jack o' lantern. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, you, you know what is also surprisingly Halloween themed is Jack Reacher, where they actually end up in New Orleans on Halloween. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, during the uh, the Halloween uh, parade. Yeah, so eh, they they obviously knew when this movie was going to come out before they started shooting it. And, Just a bit, yeah. And accordingly, a little, little bit. Um, some of that nice Hollywood magic there. But yeah, this is the sequel to the 2012 Jack Reacher movie, which was one of the first pieces of Tom Cruise's comeback after everyone decided we kind of are sick of him and his wackiness. Um, and he came out and he's like, hey, I'm going to go beat up some bad guys. And it was your perfect popcorn movie. Turn off your brain. And this does not stray from that formula whatsoever. It's more of Tom Cruise kicking bad guy butt. Uh, and on top of that, he along for the ride is Kobe Smulders from How I Met Your Mother and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where she plays Maria Hill, whom we love very, very much. Oh, yes. Um, so the the great thing about this is, yeah, we get to see Tom Cruise kicking butt, but we get to see Kobe Smulders kicking pretty much just as much butt as he does. And my one complaint with this movie is, well, not my one complaint, but my biggest complaint with this movie is that there just wasn't enough of her. I, I think she was in every way his equal in some ways better and different and I thought the movie was really popping when they were going directly at issues of sexism and uh, talking about you know like macho army bullshit and things like that and oh um, and, and I, she she calls him out in one scene she's like exactly. oh really you don't want me to go because I'm a woman you know yep yep exactly and and I I thought that was great I really liked that I felt like it was a good layer that they were putting into this otherwise, you know, it's kind of like an 80s action movie because uh, that's kind of what this is. But really, I mean, this is the cinematic equivalent of one of those paperbacks you pick up in the airport and read on a plane because yeah. it's based on a series of novels that are exactly that. Um, so yeah, there's there's not too much here. Uh you know, it's there's kind of a, a labyrinthine plot where uh, Jack Reacher is uh, trying to save Kobe Smulders, who has been uh, set up by this evil military contractor. First of all, the trope of the evil military contractor being the bad guy. I think this says something. If military contractors only show up in movies as the bad guys... <laughs> Maybe it's time we stop using military contractors. It's like, we understand these are the bad guys. And yet so much of our federal budget is going towards these guys. Anyway. Yeah, it's almost like the evil oil baron from, you know, classic movies. Like, <laughs> Twisty mustache. From, from the Muppets. <laughs> Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is pretty tropey. Um, but... Um, that's a little bit boring. Uh, the The worst thing about this, though, is they decide to give this a twist where 
maybe Tom Cruise has a daughter, maybe he doesn't, but the bad guys are going after her, and because he's such a good guy, he's going to protect her anyway, whether she's actually yeah, it was, his daughter or anything. so stupid. I just, she, and, and she was pretty terrible, too. And I was just like, this movie did not need this subplot, did not need this character. I, I like Tom Cruise. I like Kobe Smulders. Let them go kick some bad guy butt. Oh, they also had in here Aldous Hodge, who was on Leverage and was in Straight Out of Compton last year as uh, another member of the military police mm-hmm. who is chasing after them because they're on the run. Uh, and, and he was pretty good. I like him. Um, so this movie has a lot of good things going for it. Very well paced and uh, doesn't stop to take a whole lot of breaks. It, it just kind of zips through all of this and doesn't leave you a lot of time to think about its plot, which is good because it's not all that complicated. So that's fine. Um, but this this is a literal popcorn movie. This is the equivalent of sitting down and eating a whole bunch of comfort food. It'll fill you up. It'll feel good. But you can't expect a whole lot of substance out of it. It's not elevated much more than just that. So I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. I think it's good. I think it it gets you there for what you want. But uh, I wasn't you know, that much more impressed with it other than it, like, well, that was okay. I, I didn't hate it. Yeah, and see, what's funny is I was, uh, while I was at the store, just just before we recorded this, I was buying stuff for dinner and, you know, running through you know, my mind what we're going to talk about and everything else, and I found myself struggling to remember parts of this movie, uh, which I only saw, what, four days ago. Uh, it's, overall, it, it's just forgettable. I mean, there's nothing that stands out that's good or even really horrible. It's just kind of there and, you know... People make fun of Tom Cruise, but like I've always said, and I'm, I'm sure you agree, Andy, is that Tom Cruise really isn't bad in any of his movies. Like, he may be in some bad movies, but he's not really the problem with that. And yeah, no. this one, he's perfectly fine. He's passable. Um, it did kind of feel like he was phoning it in. He's kind of like, yeah, I'm here for a paycheck, whatever. Uh, but yeah, in the end, it's, there's nothing that stands out that makes you go, oh, or ugh. It just... Like you mentioned, it's comfort food. It's almost like it's lukewarm chicken noodle soup. Yep. Or uh, has, I was thinking about like Kraft macaroni and cheese right out of the box. Exactly with the, with the, the orange powder, the cheese powder, everything. It's, yep. It's there. It fills you up, but you're not going to go tell your friends about what you had for dinner last night or what you watched because you, you don't care. I mean, the, the pacing in this movie is horrible. Like it was, it's a two-hour movie, and I risked taking my phone out to look at the time a couple times because I was so bored. Uh, you know, it has little fun things of action, boom, 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 but it can't decide if it wants to be a drama or an action or a comedy. Uh, like you mentioned with his maybe daughter, she's horrible. She cannot act to save her life. And so many, you know, little plot points and moments of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Revolves around her being an idiot. Like, if you're on the run... And you're staying at a hotel undercover, you're not going to use your credit card to order room service. Like, I'm sorry, I don't care how young or dumb you are, you know not to do that. Especially when they made you throw your phone away. It's, ugh. It's, it wasn't like that. Uh, the, you know, the, the bad guy apparently had it out for him. We never, we never find out why he hated Jack Reacher. 
Not only that, he minutes. didn't even have a name. The main bad guy. Right? You looked at the credits. His name was The Hunter. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't, I didn't even say that. I got out of there as fast as I could. But <laughs> yeah, the whole thing feels half-assed. It's like they, like, oh my god, Jack Reacher, the first one was a, it was a surprise success, and we didn't think it was going to make money. Here's a sequel. Let's throw it out there. And you know, Lee Child wrote the book, and he he's a pretty good author, and he has some fun stuff, and. I've not read his Jack Reacher novels, but I've read other works he's done, and they're interesting, entertaining, and funny, and everything else. Uh, this one just, I, I was bored to tears. Uh, the last 20 minutes is the hunter chasing down the girl who may or may not be his child, who knows, and, like, he's trying to get back at Jack Reacher. I'm like, no, you're, you're trying to, like, take over the world, and you're going to go after a girl? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, ugh. Um, yeah, I just, I... I can't recommend this. It's it's tepid noodle soup, and I'm like at a four out of ten. I just I did not like this at all, and I I'm sorry I wasted my two hours. One one other thing that I want to call out here is the way they tried to shoehorn a romance in between Tom Cruise and Kobe Smulders. Oh, <laughs> I just sat there in the theater thinking when Tom Cruise was in Risky Business. Kobe Smulders was literally still in diapers. She was yeah. one year old. When he was in Top Gun, she was four. Let's think about that age difference for a minute and then just kind of go. Okay. I'm, <laughs> and I'm glad they, they tried to talk about that. They're like, well, are you two a thing? And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we fi- we figured out that's awkward, but uh, I just I don't know. It's like maybe this is just Hollywood saying like, hey, it's okay for a fifty-four-year-old guy to date a thirty-year-old. You know, it's completely yeah. fine. But I don't know. Something about it still still feels weird and feels a little oogie to me. Um, but like I said, I like Kobe Smulders so much. All this made me want is more Maria Hill in the MCU. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She she proves she can hold her own. She can be a badass. She can fight. And she can, you know, act against Tom Cruise and, and be her own strong character. But that would have been a movie I would have been interested in, not this, you know, yeah. Don't don't go see this movie. Go go see Ouija. <laughs> uh, w- one one suggestion I may have for uh, Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel because we know you listen. Maria Hill in Captain Marvel and Kobe Smulders and Brie Larson gal pal superhero adventures. I think that would be kind of cool. Just just throwing yeah. it out there. Uh, let's make that happen. <laughs> So that'll, that'll wrap up that part of it with the new movies from this week. But uh, it is our last episode before Halloween. So we want to kind of cap things off with uh, one well, one last movie from both of us. And our theme this week was uh, a movie that kind of stuck with you after you got done seeing it. So Andy, which one could you not get out of your head afterwards? You know, this is so weird because I, and I understand that this movie is kind of passe and people might not like it as much, but I really liked the first Ring movie. Uh, oh, me too. Which, which Gore Verbinski put out. And I know that there's a lot of hate against Verbinski after 
all of the incessant Pirates of the Caribbean sequels as well. Um, I, I think it was the combination of the whole idea of a videotape that can kill you and mm-hmm. the images on that actual tape that that look like all of the outtakes from a scary Nine Inch Nails music video and then the idea that a little girl was going to crawl out of your TV and murder you. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it stuck with me. And then um, the, by the end when Brian Cox shows up and, uh, you know, explains a little bit what's going on and then, and then he dies. Sorry, there's spoilers in here for this movie that's 15 years old. Apologies. Exactly. So you, um, you can't bitch. And, and uh, I, the the very ending, you know, they think they're free and clear, and then more stuff happens. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, was was what was what really stuck with me. And the their their final conclusion that oh, whoa. Why did we survive? We made a copy of the videotape. And so there's this moral conundrum that like, oh, here's a videotape that will kill you if you watch it, but it won't if you spread it to other people. It, it's, yeah, it's it, like a virus. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the same uh, the same uh, thing I have with It Follows, why that was so scary, is because it does become this kind of um, moral conundrum issue rather than just a horror movie. And I, I think that's why I liked it. And, uh, you know, while I, I, I won't say like, oh, that's the, the greatest horror movie ever made or something, uh, you know, your original suggestion, Adam, was like, what's the one movie so scary you'd never watch it again? And I'm like, oh, I don't have one of those. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that scared by movies. But... Um, that's one that that has stuck with me and that uh, I I really enjoyed and and I think has for some reason gotten a lot of hate over the years maybe because people are like oh it's it's not as good as the original Asian one okay well maybe that's true but um, I, I I liked it so well and and, and the, the first ring at least was really scary I remember seeing it in theaters and it was one that creeped me out and you know if I hadn't chosen my movie which I'm going to talk about in a second I would have gone with the ring because yeah it is creepy and the very end of the movie is oh crap we just watched this what's going to happen to us and that's like you said is the whole idea of passing this on and the moral conundrum of well if I don't do this I'll die but if I do this you'll die kind of thing and I, I think they pull it off really well and it's well the sequel is okay uh, the first one definitely stands up to muster and is still just as fun 15 years later as, as it was when we first saw it. But uh, the one for me that that's kind of stuck in my mind and actually f- fits along with the the movie I only saw once and will never see again uh, was the first Paranormal Activity, which was you know, made for a song and had really practical effects and you know, found footage, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the thing what was so scary for me was back in the day, when I lived in California, we were all about ghost hunting, and we had a friend who uh, went and explored what was called the Barton Mansion. And actually, if you want to go to YouTube, you can type in Barton Mansion Ghost and see his video of what he encountered there. And 
you know, people will call it I was being fake. I don't know what it was. I wasn't there. Um, I will say he went through three years of therapy after that. Uh, he wasn't right for a long time. So whatever happened there definitely messed with him. And you can you can say, oh, it was this and that. But uh, what he experienced to him was real. But we used to go ghost hunting. And, you know, we were up in the mountains, uh, the hills one time. And I experienced something that I can't explain. Heard some weird stuff. And uh, I couldn't talk for five minutes. Which, if you know me, I, I, I never shut up. So, you know, I, I've had my own personal scary things happen. So this movie really hit home for me because it was creepy. It was weird. It's, you know, like uh, Eddie says, he doesn't mind like the Halloween movies or Freddy versus Jason, blah, blah, blah. Because these are things that you can interact with, you can touch, you can run from. Even though running won't eventually help you. But these crazy evil demonic spirits like you see in like The Exorcist and, and Paranormal Activity, you can't run from them. <laughs> they follow you. And even though it's, it's it, and now you know, looking back after like the next what five movies they made in the series, which weren't good, uh, it's Paranormal Activity is very much a one-trick pony where it worked really well with the first time, and after that, eh. But it was one that I walked out freaked out at. Uh, Eddie wasn't right for like a week. Like actually, I had to go to work right after that to go to a meeting, and he wouldn't stay at home by himself. He had to go to a friend's house <laughs> to hang out because he was too freaked out by what happened. But. No, it's the first one's great. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, a cool idea. They filmed it at the director's house, uh, and then they kind of went to crap after that. But the first one still stands as a really freaky, scary movie, and I had a blast with it. Yeah, I I didn't get the whole paranormal activity thing. I was just like, oh, there's just a bunch of like scary stuff happening. But you know, I I have probably a, a higher tolerance for that because I'm just like. Uh, is a cheap effect or whatever. I think someone yeah. who, for whom that is a lived experience, I can see how that that can be like far more scary. And you know, we are frightened of things we don't understand and that we we can't explain. And so, of course, me and my analytical mind, I'm like, oh, that's that's just a, a cheap effect. I can understand how they did that. Uh, but. Um, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about the paranormal activity movies <laughs> other than no. And I guess if you're going to watch one of them, do watch the first one. Yeah. No. And again, there, it, it's it doesn't age well, but as a first time experience, it was a cool thing to actually be in a crowded movie theater uh, to experience that because it was very much now a that shared experience. Uh, it was it was a fun horror movie to have that way because you know like, it was that one and then. Um, I saw Scream 3 opening night in L.A., and Scream 3 isn't the best Scream movie by any means, but it was so much fun to be in a huge audience, everyone laughing, joking, screaming in unison. You know, it's it's one of those things you have to kind of be there for. So I'm sure, again, I haven't watched Paranormal Activity since I saw it in theaters. It's the first one. I mean, I've seen the second, third, fifth, 25th one. Um, but I, I would pretty much guess it wouldn't be the same experience or nearly as much fun sitting in my house watching on TV that it was surrounded by hundreds of people who were freaking out at the same time. Maybe maybe that's it, because when I went and saw it, it was like a Tuesday afternoon at like 2 o'clock, and it was me and like four other people in there, and I was just like, mm, okay. I, 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 that yeah. crowd experience of being in a room with people, the communal experience of going to a, a movie in the theater 
I can see how that would make it that much better. Uh, that definitely helped me on my first viewing of uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense. I mm-hmm. really like that. And I think being there with a crowd really helped. And especially because it was like several weeks after it had already been out. And every single person in the theater was there with one person who knew. And so it was like half the crowd was there watching the movie and half the crowd was there watching the other half the crowd, like watching them react to it. And so (laughs) I think that that was definitely fun. You know, there there is something about going to see a movie in a theater. And that's, that's remember, great. remember Thick Stand? Remember when we thought M. Night Shyamalan was a talented director? Oh, oops. I remember. I, I remember. I remember Invincible <laughs> and, and how great that was. Me- remember Bruce Willis and Mr. Glass? I remember. Remember when there were comic book movies and we thought, oh my gosh, they're doing a movie about comic books. This is amazing. <laughs> All right, well, that'll take us up to the end of the week. Uh, Origin of Evil, uh, Ouija Origin of Evil was decent. Jack Reacher was meh. And you've got two uh, last-minute horror films to go see if you haven't. Uh, Yeah, Uh, next week we've got Inferno, which is the fourth book by Dan Brown of the Robert Langdon series. It was also the book that I thought was a piece of crap, so I I can't wait to see this movie. I'm so excited. Uh, But until then, (laughs) hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna 